You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It's Friday, October 19th. Penn State's heading out to Indiana this weekend. 3.30 kickoff against the Hoosiers out there in Bloomington. Penn State a 14 and a half point favorite. Hopefully trying uh, to get off. Hopefully they are trying to for sure. Hopefully they will get off their two game losing streak after a couple home losses at Beaver Stadium. We're going to talk about that game on today's show pretty much right off the bat here. I will be joined by Teddy Bailey, who covers the Hoosiers for the Hoosier Network. He's going to break down uh, the ins and outs of Indiana's season so far and and what they do well and what they don't do well. Uh, Penn State, as I mentioned earlier this week, 20-1 and all-time, only loss ever against the Hoosiers did come out there uh, in Bloomington five years ago, back in the Bill O'Brien days for Penn State. So hopefully Penn State will make it 21-1 and this week, get back on the winning side of things, get to 5-2, and two, maybe move up in the AP poll a little bit. So we'll discuss the Penn State-Indiana game with Teddy here in just a minute. Uh, later in the show, we'll also close out by looking at the three areas where Penn State needs to get better in the second half of its regular season. I'd narrowed it down to three. I, I think it covers a lot. Um, it includes some comments from Ricky Ronnie. Penn State's offensive coordinator, who spoke with the media on Thursday. So we'll have that at the end of the show. We'll have our chat with Teddy coming up right here. Quickly, before we get into it, just a reminder that you can find Nittany Lions on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. You can also find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, download, rate, and review us. We really appreciate that, and it helps other people find the show. All right, so Penn State and Indiana play on Saturday. Here is our talk with Teddy Bailey to get you ready for Hoosiers Nittany Lions. All right, I'm happy to be joined now by Teddy Bailey of the Hoosier Network. Teddy covers football and basketball and all sorts of sports out there in Bloomington. Teddy, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you uh, for joining us here. Uh, Just real quickly for Penn State fans who haven't seen much of Indiana or maybe only watched bits and pieces of uh, the Hoosiers throughout the season. What can you tell us about this team uh, and where it is right now? Yeah, uh, it's back to square one. You know, they're back to the drawing board, however you want to say it. Um, you know, the season, season got off to a pretty good start for Indiana. They, they kind of did everything that, that people expected them to do. A um, ton of question marks early in the season, and there might even be more question marks not now, but you know, they get off to that 4 and one start. Um, they got a pretty good win against Virginia. It was, a, it was in a monsoon. I don't really know how that game would play out if it was kind of a nice, uh, nice sunny day. But, uh, but, but, but they got the win nonetheless. They went on the road and beat FIU in Miami, which you know can kind of mm-hmm. trip some teams up. Uh, laid, laid an egg in the first half against Michigan State. Strong second half, but you know they still lost by two touchdowns. Um, so, so after that, it was people got a little nervous, and then you know, they went to Piscataway. Had a, had a great first half. They were up twenty four seven on Rutgers. Looked like they were going to pull it away, and then and then they uh, they end up surviving by the skin of their teeth uh, in, in New Jersey. They win by a touchdown, and it's like all right, you know, now they go to Columbus, um, and no one expected them to win that game. I don't think really anyone expects mm-hmm. their team to win uh, at Ohio State, but but they battled, and uh, that was kind of a, a stereotypical stereotypical performance from Indiana in the last couple of years, kind of 
getting a really big, daunting test and and getting up for it and uh, playing up to their competition. And they looked good against Ohio State. They showed some new things. The offense looked explosive. Um, the defense, you know, forced Haskins to throw two two interceptions. They they got pressure on him at times. They they stripped the ball in in the red zone. Whatever. Um, so so there, there was there was high morale after that Ohio State game two weeks ago, and and a lot of. Um, you know, as much build-up for a football game that, that you'll find in Bloomington was, was for homecoming last week against Iowa, and this team just mm-hmm. wasn't ready to play. You know, they lost 42-16. They allowed Nate Stanley to throw for God knows how many yards and six touchdowns. They allowed uh, Iowa's tight end Stanton Hawkinson to, to catch, you know, 208 yards and, and three touchdowns of their own and, and just a lot of problems there. So, you know, they're trying to figure out some things, and, and you know, I know Penn State is as well. So it's kind of an yeah. interesting, interesting game this weekend with two teams kind of coming off sour, uh, sour feelings in their mouth, sour taste in their mouth. Yeah, absolutely. It it does seem like, and you mentioned the Haskins interceptions a couple weeks ago. It seems like the thing that maybe this team does best is disrupt you on offense and force turnovers. I think they have fourteen through seven games, which is the best mark in the Big Ten. Uh, what is it about that defense that, that allows them to uh, take the ball away so much? Yeah, it's interesting because last year, Indiana was a top 20 defense nationally when you're looking at you know yards per game and even scoring, but uh, but they didn't take the ball away. I'm pretty sure they had five interceptions all season last year, um, maybe seven takeaways if I'm not mistaken. Um, this year, it's, it's kind of flipped. But, I mean, this is one of the youngest teams you're going to see. Um, they played 13 true freshmen already. They're the 19th youngest team in the country and probably a top five team in youth when you're looking at experience. If they're playing juniors, they probably don't have much game experience. And, and that's especially true on defense. Uh, like you said, they lead the Big Ten to takeaways. Um, they, I believe they've at least won in every single game this season. Um, their defensive line isn't isn't getting much much pressure consistently against against you know an opposing quarterback. They don't have the defensive end that that can burn um, the offensive line and, and get around and get consistent sacks. I mean, if you look at their sack totals, they're they're pretty respectable, but it but it's you know kind of those anomalies that you get. But but when they do get to the quarterback, they're forcing interceptions. But when the opposing quarterback is rushed, that's how they got the two picks against Haskins. Um, the interception they got against Nate Stanley last week was was kind of just a, a beautiful defensive play call. They kind of um, just jump jump that route. And then uh, this defense will strip the football. That, that's kind of what they do. What they do best, honestly. Um, it's kind of weird. The last couple of weeks have kind of been a, a takeaway or touchdown defensive performance. It's, 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 if Indiana isn't taking the ball away, you're going to have success against this defense just because it's young. Um, the secondary is its strength. The, the linebacking core is, has kind of figured it out, and, and there were a lot of questions. They graduated T. Gray uh, Scales and Chris Covington last year. Those are two guys that uh, one's on an NFL roster and, and one might be soon. So, um, they're, they're filling holes. They had, they've had some couple injuries, but uh, if they're not taking the ball away, uh, I think the opposition is going to have success, and that, that goes for Penn State. Yeah, yeah, and, and flipping to the offensive side of the ball, it seems like a lot of this offense ra- revolves around quarterback Nate, or not Nate Stanley, Peyton Ramsey, <laughs> uh, who has, he completes a very high volume of his passes. I know he also has rushed for, I think it's close to 300 yards so far in six games. Uh, what does he do well, and uh, what kind of what kind of offense does Indiana have? Yeah, this is probably the hardest question you can give me. People are split on Peyton <laughs> Ramsey. Um, 
I think I have to I have to first mention you know just the the, the big picture of this offense. It's not explosive. Um, if mm-hmm. you subscribe to advanced statistics and S and P ratings, uh, the job Bill Connolly does over at SB Nation, you know, Indiana is I believe they're the 121st best offense when it comes to passing passing explosiveness and that's measured in a variety of ways that you know i i can't i can't explain but uh so so they 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 don't stretch the field they did against ohio state that's the best example of them doing it their offensive line played the best game they did that day ramsey had time receivers created separation ohio state dared them to throw deep they left them out on you know one-on-one man coverage and the receivers, you know, were able to get deep. But but when when a defense is in the zone and their safety's over the top, Ramsey just dinks and dunks his way down the field. His biggest mm-hmm. flaw is his arm strength. Um, I want to say against Michigan State, I counted two passes that were that were attempted over twenty twenty five yards. So Indiana's Indiana's offensive philosophy, and that's a combination of of what Ramsey can do. He's he's a dual threat quarterback. He's not going to break an 80-yard run, I believe his career high in, his career high in, in a single rush is like 26 yards. So, like, he, he's not, he's not going to, you know, go sprint down the field for 75 yards like, you know, Trace McSorley could do. But uh-huh. it, it's a combination of Indiana's conservative play calling and, and his skill set of, of having arm strength as a flaw. So their best, their best offensive plays usually come by – um, you know, it's, it's high tempo. It's getting, you know, there's slot receivers in, in uh, whether it's Jay Sean Harris, Luke Timian, Bob Fillier, just getting those guys on quick slants across the field and hopefully having the blockers for them to get downfield because the one thing this Indiana offense does have is speed uh, and versatility. There's a lot of athletes on the field, and I think they're starting to find their roles. It's just can Ramsey get them the ball. And a lot of Indiana fans have been clamoring for Michael Penix. He's a four-star true freshman quarterback. Um, former Florida State commit, uh, Florida State and Tennessee, you know, both offered him. He was committed somewhere, I forget. Um, and Indiana's kind of going back and forth. He's played in two games already this year, so he's two games to go. Um, and, you know, head coach Tom Allen says Penix is going to play in, in, in two more games this year. No one knows when. It could be on Saturday. It could not be. So that's something to keep an eye on if, if Ramsey struggles. He did not play his best game, a game against Iowa. And, uh, yeah, who knows? But, um, Kind of the biggest thing for Indiana offensively is can they run the ball? If they run the ball early, they'll have they'll have more success. Mm-hmm. They're going against a it's a, against a Penn State defense that has been better in the last couple games, except for the fourth quarter. So we'll see how that pans out on Saturday. Uh, if Indiana does keep it close with Penn State, let's say this is a one score game either way in the fourth quarter. How how do the Hoosiers do that? What's going to be the key for them to keep, to keep it close on Saturday? I've said this said this since week one. They're going to have to get vertical. They're going to have to find find receivers that, that can do that. And, and Nick Westbrook is, is that guy. He's the best vertical threat. Um, you know, he's tall. He's tall. He you know, as a sophomore two years ago, he, he led the team. Um, I believe he had you know nine nine like almost a, a, a thousand yard season as a sophomore last year. He tears his ACL on the opening kickoff against Ohio State. This year, he's on pace for half of that. And part of it is because. You know, a lot of things. Ramsey can't get him the ball, or Westbrook's not create, creating separation, or the offensive line isn't, isn't giving him time to get downfield. Indiana's going to need big plays against Penn State. They're going to need big plays against against these Big Ten East teams that they play every year, and they do play close. Uh, I mean, if you remember two years ago, the game in Bloomington mm-hmm. against Penn State, they got takeaways. I mean, they're going to have to 
take the ball away. They're going to need, you know, an electrifying punt return from Jay Sean Harris, which he's, you know, he's more than capable of doing. Uh, it's going to have to be a number of things that go right. Um, the, the run game's going to have to get on track. It's led by true freshman, uh, Stevie Scott. He's kind of a bulldozer, not a speed guy at all. And then uh, four-star true freshman, uh, Ronnie Walker, um, picked Indiana over Michigan State and Virginia. So, so I mean, they're, they're young in the backfield. Those are the two guys that are going to be taking care of uh, running the ball. And, and they had a lot of success early in the season. And then they, they faced that Michigan State defense, and it's the best rush defense in the country. Pretty sure they ran like a couple times for a couple yards and just abandoned from it. And since then, they haven't really gotten it going. Scott had a uh, 3-5-yard carry on the opening drive against Ohio State. And Indiana didn't really run the ball then because they were, you know, trailing, coming from behind in Columbus. So, It'll be interesting to see how Indiana manages this game, and and if they're if they're in Ohio State, they played not they played to win the game. They 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 left everything on the field. There's been times in the past where Indiana plays the Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and they kind of just they call the game so that they don't get blown out, um, and kind of prolong the game. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what offensive coordinator Mike DeBoard and, and kind of what the rest of the staff does. Do they play to win this game and and leave everything on the field, or do they just try to keep it close, get into the fourth quarter, and give themselves a chance. So, you know, it's kind of the whole aggressive or conservative mindset. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute, but we have to step away for a quick break. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game, you need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can get a special 7-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Locked on Nittany Lines is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season or need tickets to any show or sporting event, you got to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And to make things even better, there's a special promo code offer for Locked On listeners. Use the promo code Locked On, and you get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app today, and then use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app today, use that promo code Locked On, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event.
if Penn State fans think back to uh, the last time the Nittany Lions went out to Bloomington, Indiana actually had uh, the lead going into the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, Penn State was a top 10 team at the time. They pulled away in the fourth quarter, but it was close. And Indiana seems to keep these games at least close for a couple quarters when they play home games against against ranked teams. So that could be the yeah. case again on Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah they, do. they oh, do. Go ahead. I was just going to say they do, and they do at home. Um, if you remember the last two times Indiana played in state college, they've gotten blown out. I think they had a ton of injuries, and just you know, play, playing in state college is just not not a fun thing to do. Um, I guess you know maybe maybe for maybe for the last few teams Penn State well, played yeah. this season, but but certainly not <laughs> certainly not for Indiana. And uh, you know, playing Penn State at home, I, I listened to your last podcast previewing Indiana, and you said Bloomington can kind of be a a place where teams can sleepwalk in and kind of struggle early. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. And that's kind of the thing I'm most interested to see is who comes out with a bigger chip on the shoulder. And we asked that to uh, senior safety, Jonathan Crawford for Indiana. He's, he's played and started every, every single game since he's been here. That's 45 games. He, uh, if this team makes a bowl game, he'll break the record for, you know, all time games played in Indiana. And he said, you know, it's, they're not like, they're not like Penn State's not going to, to match our, our energy, our, our, you know, chip on the shoulder, whatever you want to call it. So, so Indiana is pretty confident that they're going to come out and be, be the more energetic team early on. And it's not going to be a great crowd. I don't think, um, I think maybe if Penn state won those two games against Ohio state and Michigan state, maybe, you know, uh, there would be, I wouldn't be surprised if Penn state traveled well for this game, but maybe not so anymore. So place is going to be half full. It's a three thirty kick. Wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of an ugly, ugly game. Football gets weird in Bloomington, especially in October. So, all right, Teddy. The last thing, uh, last thing I got for you here is: uh, Do you think? Do you think Indiana keeps it close? Do you think they can cover that fourteen and a half point spread on Saturday, or or even uh, beat the Nittany Lions outright? What do you think? Honestly, no, I don't think they do. <laughs> um, I, I think. I really think Penn State's going to get its act together. I, I, I think, you know, just from what I've read and what I've seen, uh, I watched the game against Michigan State and, and Ohio State game, of course. I think the rest of the country watched that game, too. Yeah. Um, I think I think Penn State's going to come out and kind of see Indiana as a team to make a statement. Uh, there's still things Penn State has to play for this year, and there's things Indiana has to play for this year, too. Indiana needs to somehow come up with two more wins, and they have Minnesota, Maryland, and Purdue to do that. But, uh, you know, anyone helps. I just think Penn State's too much. I think Trace McSorley's going to have a field day with this Indiana defense, and not because it's bad, because it's not, because it's young, and it's still trying to figure out some things. And Trace McSorley's the last thing this Indiana defense needs right now. Um, so, and, and it's tough for this Indiana defense because they went from playing a Dwayne Haskins to a, to a Nate Stanley, and those are totally two different offenses. And they admitted that they, it's just it's just hard, you know, when you're young to figure out Ohio State. And then have a have a tough emotional loss, and you know show up on Monday and learn an an Iowa offense that you know relies on play action, tight ends, and Penn State's totally different with with you know one of the better running backs that they're going to see, probably the best dual threat quarterback they're going to see this year, and and weapons on the outside. I, I think Penn State's offense is going to be too much. I would I would expect Indiana to have some success offensively, um, but nothing more than you know twenty one points or, or anything like that. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if this was a forty nine twenty one game at the end of the day. But uh, but who knows? It, it's it's in Bloomington, and anything can happen here. Honestly, yeah, I I'm kind of with you. I don't I wouldn't be shocked if it's a seven point game at halftime or three yeah. point game at halftime, and Penn State ends up winning by by three touchdowns or something like that. So yeah, that yeah. could certainly be the case.
All right, Teddy Bailey from the Hoosier Network. You can find him on Twitter at by Teddy Bailey. Teddy, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy enjoy the game on Saturday. Yeah, thank you so much. Should be a good one. Welcome back to the show. We're going to close out today's show with the three areas where Penn State needs to improve in the final six games of the season. There are a handful. I'm sure that that Penn State fans have their, maybe some of your lists are longer, but I think these three things, if they all get better, then Penn State has a good chance of, of at least finishing with at least nine or 10 wins this season. So here we go. The first thing is play calling. I think maybe that's at the top of the list for most Penn State fans because because the offense was so good for the first four weeks. It was the best scoring offense in the nation, and it looked like Joe Moorhead was still calling the plays. It was really it was a it seemed like it was a seamless transition from Joe Moorhead to Ricky Ronnie, and uh, it looked like the same offense. Miles Sanders, they were running the ball so well with Miles Sanders, even with a lot of drops from the wide receivers. Trace McSorley had solid numbers, and they were moving the ball almost at will. Uh, but Joe Moorhead has certainly been missed in the last two weeks. Ricky Ronnie, first-time offensive coordinator, has made a few questionable calls, most notably the fourth and five call, but there were some others in, in that Ohio State game and some others in the Michigan State game that, that left a lot to be desired. And, and that whole Michigan State game plan was maybe not exactly what Penn State fans wanted or, or what that offense needed. Uh, they had 397 yards, but they only had 17 points. They certainly should have scored more. The 17-point total is the fewest they've had since Penn State was blown out by Michigan in 2016. So, yeah, it, it's been there's been some head-scratchers in the last couple of weeks. You look at the Michigan State game, there was that, that fade on third and goal from the two-yard line in the fourth quarter, which that's just not a play that Penn State has run in the last couple of years since Mo- Joe Moore had got there. Normally, they'll, they'll keep it you know, design a run or a delayed handoff or a run pass option, something that that isn't just that one, we're going to look one way and throw it up to our big wide receiver and hope for the best. And, and obviously it didn't work out. Uh, it seemed pretty off-brand for the Penn State offense of, of new. So um, Ronnie, to, to his credit, did talk with reporters on Thursday. Here's a, a couple things that he said. Uh, one of the things he noted, he said, I respect the fans' frustrations. We're going to continue to get better. He also said, I don't know if I'm ready to tell you what plays I wish I had back, but they're not always the most critical plays in the game. So he's admitting that there are a few play calls. And of course, there. Are. I think anyone who has a job wishes they did a few things differently looking back on them. Uh, but he's saying that there might even be some ones that, that isn't the fourth and five and isn't the third and goal that he wishes he called differently and could have changed the outcomes of these games. So Ricky Ronnie is, is in his first year. He's growing. James Franklin gave him a, a vote of confidence this week. Uh, he's, he's learning how to call call games and call close games now, and that's something he, he didn't really have to do in the first couple weeks. Obviously, uh, against App State, it went to overtime, but I, I don't think the game plan changed that much in week one. But when you're playing these tougher defenses like in Ohio State and Michigan State, he's finding out what is working and what's not working, and hopefully he continues to get better as his team grows. In, in his first year, there's a lot of first-year starters and Pese is a first-year coordinator, so we're seeing that show up a lot. All right, second thing that needs to get better is the kicking game. 
Uh, speaking of first-year starters, here's Jake Pinniger, a true freshman who's who's in a tough situation. It's uh, a true freshman starting at any level for for a program is uh, as for a big-time program like Penn State. It is not easy. It comes with a lot of pressure. And it comes with even more pressure when you're you have that one job that's so obvious if you do it well or not. Like you could be a, you could be a left you could be a left guard and maybe you you missed a couple blocks and no one not not everyone in the stand is going to be screaming about it or upset about it or know that you screwed up on that play. But when you're the kicker, it's very obvious and um, and he hasn't had like he's been thrown into the fire and not much room to 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 make mistakes and uh, he's four for eight. Four for eight on the season. He made two field goals against Ohio State to his credit in, in a tough environment. Not a tough environment, but a, a pressure-packed environment. Um, but he did miss. He missed a 37-yarder last week against Michigan State, which really hurt. And uh, he's only making 50% of your kicks, and that's that's really not going to be good enough when you're playing close games. And almost all of his attempts have been inside of 45 yards, I believe. They've been close. The kid has a big leg, but his accuracy hasn't been there yet. I think it ha- he he has been hurt too because of the way Penn State won those first couple games this year. They were scoring nearly every time they got in the red zone. They were just getting the ball into the end zone, and it didn't really allow him to have that many field goal attempts against Kent State or Illinois or, or, or Pitt. So I think he hasn't had that chance to get as much game action as maybe Penn State or he would have liked. So you got to imagine he'll get better though he, as a true freshman look back at Sam Ficken the year in 2012 after the sanctions and everyone left and he was a first-time starter and obviously had his well-documented struggles but he became a reliable kicker by the end of that season and a very good college kicker by the end of his career at Penn State so you hope Jake Pinniger can correct some of those accuracy issues and get on that same path third thing that needs to be better for Penn State is their clutch defense. The, the defense has been a lot better against Ohio State and Michigan State. It looked good. They were they caused a lot of three and outs for these teams. They are getting off the field a lot in the first three quarters, but it just has not been there in the fourth quarter. Uh, I looked this up, and it's about just about 40% of the yards they've allowed in these last two games and 42% of the points that they've given up have come in the final nine minutes uh, of these games. So, yeah, that's not good. That is uh, that that is a weighted <laughs> a weighted statistic in the wrong direction. And obviously, the offense needs to take some blame for that because they have not really moved the ball at all, or scored points, or chewed any clock in the final quarter, final nine, ten minutes of these losses. But the defense has just looked different. They have um, they've been picked apart in the secondary. They haven't been able to get a great push up front. And it is kind of a different style when a team's running its two-minute drill or, or whatever it is. But they've had their chances, and they just haven't been able to make a big play, whether that is just making a tackle against Ohio State and, and bringing down those wide receivers, or you look at some of the interception chances, most notably Amani Oiroye dropped one against Michigan State, and that... Uh, one play for this defense could change the entire narrative and, and, and change Penn State's season, and they just weren't able to come up with it uh, in these clutch situations. So, if that doesn't change, who knows? They could slip up and, and they could they could lose late leads again against teams like Iowa and Wisconsin and, and Michigan if they're fortunate enough to get a lead out there in Ann Arbor, uh, and that could result in this being an eight and four season versus a ten and two season. So, 
there are some young guys out there and some first time starters out there too. Uh, but they need to they need to be able to finish games a little better. And that that both sides of the ball need to be better in the fourth quarter, but especially the defense, they can just make one play uh, to really put that nail in the coffin. That would be that would be a real sign of growth for this team. So we'll see if that happens. So those are the three things that I think Penn State needs to get better, uh, needs to improve on in, in the final six games of the regular season here. If I missed anything, or if you want to comment on any of those, please let me know. You can get reach out to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You can also find me, Stephen Pianovich, on Twitter at SPianovich. But that will do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We had a full week of shows to get you ready for Penn State, Indiana. Obviously, today's preview show, uh, we talked about the important issue of Big Ten coaches in a street fight, a fictional street fight, on Thursday's show, if you want to go back and listen to that. Uh, we also had commentary from John McGonigal of the Center Daily Times earlier in the week. And uh, we, we you know, we had our three things to know and our Penn State trivia and our top five countdown. All that stuff can be found in our previous shows this week if you want to go back and you've missed any of them. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts so you get a fresh new show in your download into your phone each weekday during the Penn State season. All right, well, enjoy Penn State, Indiana this week. Hopefully, we're talking about a Penn State win again for the first time in nearly a month on on a Monday when I talk to you again. Enjoy the game. I'll talk to you on Monday.